This what I want. Give me that bottle of Henny and son. I'm lit like a blunt. Give me that model, my number of son. And tell her what's up. Give me that, give me that, whoa. Give me that dough. This what I want. Look, give me that, give me that. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week, you got your boy, Zage, as usual. And uh, my special guest, someone that I met not too long ago. Uh, a California Bay Area native, currently living in LA. We met mm -hmm. outside of one of our classes at USC. He oh. approached me because uh, he recognized me with one of the most beautiful smiles <laughs> I've ever seen and the nice introduction. <laughs> and he said, uh, I am Clarence the Kid. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Clarence the Kid yo, yo, to yo. the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So what's going on, bro? Um, please tell me a little bit more just to jump into it about yeah. your travel from the Bay Area to LA, any significant changes you had. And tell me what it was like growing up in San Jose, right? San Jose. Tell me a little raised. bit more about uh, what you guys get into in your free time there before maybe like you got into music or anything like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, San Jose was a trip. Um, it's Silicon Valley, so it's like very heavily tech and business focused. Um, so I really didn't know anything about music at all. I listened to Top 40s until like my sophomore year of high school. Mm. Um, I haven't seen that, that was like a whole world. I like... Music just always like existed, you know what I'm saying? Like I never really had an idea there was a whole, you know, world behind it. Um, and then, you know, I'm always someone who kind of goes out of my way to like make people feel good or like listen and be there for people or whatever. Um, but at a time in high school, like that's a lot of stuff on your plate. There's a lot of like identity crises kind of going on at the same time. So um, I kind of got put in a dark place. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I felt like I couldn't really relate to a lot of my peers because I was like so artistically focused. I didn't want to get into tech. I didn't really want to get into like small businesses or big businesses, corporate, like that wasn't for me. Um, so I felt kind of lost a little bit. And one way I helped find myself was like through songwriting and journaling and things like that. So that's how I kind of got into the music. Um, and I just kind of kept growing from there and going on YouTube and looking at all these uh, Sway in the Morning freestyles mm -hmm. and, you know, looking at uh, music videos as they're coming out and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, I, I started realizing that there was a whole world behind this and it was more than just Top 40 radio. Like, people had, you know, crazy concepts within their songs and their albums and um, I just kind of took that and ran with it. And so instead of, you know, doing what all my friends were doing, they were like, you know, just... I mean, my parents were strict, so I couldn't like go out like that. So I was kind of stuck inside. Okay. For a lot of the time, unless it was like extracurriculars. Um, and strict about what? Like, uh, just, just life. Um, okay. Compared, like, I had very, very little freedom compared to like a lot of my friends. Okay. Why do you, um, why do you think that was? Uh, most of it was from just like a, a putting me in the best spot to succeed kind of view from mm. their perspective. Because yeah, um, San Jose is majorly. Um, Asian and white. Okay. Um, so being one of the few black people in my neighborhood, um, they wanted to make sure I didn't act out in a certain way or I didn't like come across a certain way that would like make other people look at black people as a whole based off how mm. I was acting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like they named me Joshua Aaron Smith. So there's no like racial bias on job applications or things like that. I had to be in by like eight or nine until senior year. Then it got extended to 11. Um, they had to know exactly where I was at. I was tracked on my phone everywhere. Like they had to know whose parents were going to be wherever I was going to be. Like it was a very locked down kind of spot. Did you, have you been able to have a conversation with your parents about that since? Like, has anything, have you ever expressed 
Well, first of all, I should ask you how sure. that kind of made you feel. You know, like I don't want to assume anything, but it sounds like I wouldn't say you have resentment, but it sounds like it was definitely different, and you recognized that it was different. Yeah. So, did you ever approach your parents about anything? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I definitely like approached them, and like I talk to them now about it, and like it's a lot more lax now. Like I can come and go as I please. Of course. Go back well, when you leave the house, everything changes, right? When I leave the yeah, house, yeah. yeah. Well, once you move out, I mean. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, but growing up, like I tried to have those conversations every once in a while, um, but you know there was just always this established sense of authority that was always like existent in my mm-hmm. in my household. So like, I couldn't overstep at all. Like I could try to bring it up, but if they're just like, "Well, we're you're not your friends," you know what I'm saying, or like, "We're, we're not your, their parents." We're your parents. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of where it ended. So um, yeah, it was kind of tough, and I had like some slight resentment toward them because you know I was like, "Well, all my friends get to do this and get to do that, and they just you know go with the flow and whatever," mm-hmm. and I couldn't really do that. Um, so that kind of made me get super involved in high school so i like had another reason to like be spending more time with my friends mm. um so i was doing like campus ministry i was doing athletics i was doing student government i was doing like all this stuff wow, okay just to like have more time to spend with people um but yeah it was kind of hard it was kind of hard watching like my friends just kind of do all this fun stuff and like having me tied down basically um, do you think that it was more to get out of the house or more to socialize because you really felt like you were missing out on social? A little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Um, definitely to get out the house just because I, because, because of the way that I was raised, um, I felt like I couldn't really talk to my parents about a lot of things mm-hmm. just because like there was that underlying sense of like dominance from them. So like I felt like I couldn't just bring up, like, oh, um, my friends were doing this, doing that, that may be frowned upon. Like, what do you think about this? Or what? I never had the birds and the bees talk. Like, mm. all that stuff was kind of taboo and uncomfortable to talk about. Okay. So the way I talked about it was, like, through my friends. And the way I got to my friends was going to these clubs and activities and, and connecting with them there. That makes a lot of sense. How much older... So my parents are only 40 now. They had me okay. when they were very young. And that put us in a position... My parents are also like super liberal, super open-minded about mm-hmm. whatever. There's been, you know, drug influence in my family. You know, sure. everybody's kind of lighthearted. My dad had an addiction problem, but he came back. So like, there's a lot of insight and intimacy to my family relationship. And um, therefore I had a super open and honest relationship with my parents. Do you feel as though not being able to open up with your parents was a lack? Do you think that you like missed out on any opportunity from that? Missed out like, on Do you think your parents could have offered you a lot of guidance that you weren't able to get from them because you weren't at a comfort level with them? I think yes and, I, yes and no. Because yes, there's definitely life experiences that they've had that I hadn't even thought of before, you know what I'm saying? Like that they definitely could have, um, you know, given me some advice on on different things, especially like transitioning into an adult from a like kid or a teenager or whatever. Exactly. Like, That's like, I started building a relationship with my parents, maybe more when I was in high school. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I was starting to go through things that they like could relate to. They remembered. And yeah. Stuff like yeah, that. yeah. No, that didn't happen for me until okay. like a couple of years ago, maybe right. like sophomore year of, of college. Um, so it was, yeah, I, I, I said yes and no, because like they definitely could have like had more guidance for me, but I think also it allowed me the space to kind of figure things out on my own and form my own opinions about things. Mm. Um, like everything I learned about music, like I found out online or just from research. Everything I learned about um, connecting with people and interacting with people and you know anything else was like from trial and error or just like looking up 
what that would look like for me and reflecting on like if I did something reflecting like how did that make me feel was it something I'm going to do again like it's all some it's all a learning experience for me basically do you pride yourself in a lot of self-reflection oh yeah yeah oh yeah I think that's one of my one of my superpowers I guess you could say I really um, like that self-reflection relatability and putting myself into someone else's shoes um that's I, something a lot of people lack it's it's tough it's tough and yeah. I feel like it's something that definitely needs practice and it's not like something that comes overnight, you know what I'm saying? Like I definitely, um, in order to have my mind in that space, I had to be put down so much or like be like locked into a certain part of my brain where I felt like I couldn't be heard or like I had to figure things out on my own. And in order to get into that space, like you have to, what am I trying to say? In order to to be able to relate to people on different levels, you have to go to a place where you're very vulnerable um, and use that vulnerability to apply yourself to any situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And use that opportunity for honesty and communication with anyone else to see like where they're coming from and take a step back and like get out of your own self to see like how they're feeling. Do you find as a, a man yeah. that there's like social pressure to not be vulnerable and to not open yourself up. Yeah. What has your experience been like with that? Yeah. Um, I am working on it, but I have historically been very uncomfortable around a lot of men. Um, most of my closest friends are all female. Um, and it's been like that since like elementary school. Um, because like even, you know, second, third grade or whatever, um, recess comes, what happens? All the boys go out, they play, uh, They do like two-hand touch football, they play basketball, they do whatever. They had like PE street hockey sticks or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like that was their go-to. Um, all the girls either went to tetherball or they went to the, the tables on the backside of the playground and they like did lanyards and stuff like that. <laughs> that and sounds like, about right, yeah. Yeah, like I love playing two-hand touch. I love doing basketball or whatever. But at the same time, like I'm a very creative person. And the mm. concept of like, you know, making something that didn't exist before like lanyards and little bracelets and things like that super fun um interesting and when I kind of turned into that direction or like I would go back and forth and when I said like oh I'm not gonna play ball today I'm gonna like you know make a bracelet they kind of looked at me funny and mm -hmm. then it made me feel like a little insecure about things and then um once you hit middle school that's when you know everyone's like oh that's gay that's da -da 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 -da. um so yeah it, it definitely now, like, flash forward to where we are now, um, I'm, like, cool around a lot of people, um, but my defaults and who I feel most comfortable with immediately off the bat is usually other women. Where do you think that comes from? Just, I mean, my family, like, I have a mom and two sisters, and I guess my dog is also female. Um, <laughs> that counts. And That's then, like, estrogen. my dad. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so I guess that, and then most of my um, close family and just like influence from like friends, parents, and things like that have all been women. So maybe that has something to do with it. Are you closer with your mom, would you say, than your dad? Uh, it fluctuates. It fluctuates. Okay. My mom is definitely the iron fist in the family. That's surprising. Um, like yeah. That's, that's like out of brand, you know, it's a little. It's a little different. Um, yeah, yeah. Like given like the, the heteronormative. That's what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. patriarchal society kind of thing. Like she's the one that goes off and, and does her nine to five job. Um, she's the one that kind of sets the rules in the house and she's the one you kind of like 
don't want to make mad because she'll definitely like have a, a stricter punishment for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then my dad is more stay at home, cook clean, pick up the kids, go take them to practice and, you know, do all that. That's so interesting. Would you say reserved. that he's in touch with his feminine side? And are you saying that you are in touch with your feminine side? I'm very in touch with my yeah, feminine yeah, okay. side. I'm Not to speak for you again. <laughs> no, 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 I'm 100%. I'm super in touch with mine, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty into like what you're saying. And yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing when you get to like, when you get to a place where you're comfortable yeah. with both sides, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel everything is a duality and it's never just like 100% one thing. So um, yeah, That's I'm definitely wise. in touch. My dad, eh, maybe. No, He's okay. just more reserved. He's just more reserved. Um, okay. And more introverted i guess you could say um he's not someone who like will go out of his way to like make new friends or like like insert himself into conversations he's like perfectly content just sitting on the sidelines for games or watching by himself or you know just staying at home when he's like cooking and cleaning or whatever like watching the game on on tv or you know playing computer uh solitaire you know what i'm saying like sure, that's just okay. his kind of vibe you know yeah, what i'm yeah. saying so Sure. What did everybody think about you moving to L.A.? And so you've been here for a while? Yeah, this is uh, three and a half years about. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've only been here like a year and a half. Oh, welcome. I'm still pretty fresh. Yeah, welcome, thank welcome. you. <laughs> I mean, I've been here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Sure, sure. Um, was there any like worry about you going away or do you miss uh, them a lot? I know it's not as far because, you know. Yeah, it's a six-hour drive. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I definitely had to come to L.A. Um, I knew... Well, going back to like the whole disconnect between San Jose culture and like my mentality about creation and, and making music and things like that. Like I knew that I had to get out of San Jose or the Bay Area in general um, to like really explore that path, that career path. Um, and L.A. was just the most logical one for me because it's fairly close to home. But it's far enough where I can feel independent. You know what I'm saying? It's Definitely. still in California. Like, why would I want to leave California? Definitely. Um, and I had the opportunity at USC, which is like a great school with a great music program and um, close proximity to all these labels and the television side, too, because I want to get into like more uh, visual entertainment eventually, like further okay. down the line. So it was just like all these things kind of lined up. And I was like, LA is the spot to be. Um, and I feel like... I mean, I don't know how my sisters felt, but like my parents were kind of on the fence a little bit because music industry is like a whole like new world. Like, why don't you do engineering or like business? You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Something that's like a little more secure. But I think um, giving them a chance to like hear my plan and like hear how well thought out it was and like knowing that I was close enough to like still get to them, you know what I'm saying? Like they they quickly realized that, you know, I wasn't just doing something on a whim. Like this is something I definitely had thought about something I was definitely passionate about and something I could like thrive in. So when they saw that I was moving in LA um, and then I didn't come back for any of the summers, like I come back every once in a while, just like mm -hmm. a weekend or two. But uh, for the most part, I'm just kind of down here. And well, that's a clear sign that you're determined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you exactly. touched on when you were songwriting, at what point did the songwriting turn into like, oh, I think I should probably pursue this as a career. And how did you convince your parents? Cause I know that can be a tough barrier to get across. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of rhythmically inclined. Okay. Like I was that kid, that annoying kid in the back of the classroom that was like always tapping his pen mm -hmm. or like, you know, drumming his Same fingers though. on the desk. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there's always just like that, that energy in me. Um, and then I've always just liked talking through things or like thinking through things. And maybe that just comes from, um, you know, 
having a lot of uh, female friends growing up or like a lot of women influencing me because like that just like being around them, they love to talk and they love to talk <laughs> things out. Like maybe that so seems true. like stereotypical, but like that's a factual thing in my life experience. Like they love to talk things out and be honest and be open with communication. Mm-hmm. Versus a lot of the guys, they're just kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. Like surface level, like da da da. They just eat it. They, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's, it's weird for them to be in touch. So like I loved being in touch with myself, in touch with my emotions. Um, and so when I was like kind of going through that, I was like, okay, let me start to journal. Let me start to write because that was something oh, that a lot of my so friends funny. were saying. Like yeah, just like if you have something, just write it down mm-hmm. and get it out. Um, but then like the rhythm in me and like the beats and whatever that was going on, those journal entries stopped being paragraphs and they started being like little poem stanzas and started rhyming. Wow. You know, I was like, oh, well I got the rhythm and I got the words and whatever. So like might as well just put them together and see what happens. What do you, uh, what story do you think we're trying to tell? Like what, what were you writing about? At least at first. Oh, at first, Mm -hmm. um, first it was just little things for extra credit. You know what I'm saying? Like uh a language um like an english class or something like that and they'll be like oh yeah we have 20 vocab words and then i'll be like oh let me like put them in a, in a little <laughs> rap and get extra credit you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or like history like something like that um and then as you know <laughs> i feel like that's supernatural i remember right. he's doing the same thing i remember him like making these presentations to yeah. like you it, it's kind of social clout too like people, it really is. people fuck with that yeah like, and yeah. it like it gets you so much extra credit from the teacher and so much respect from the teacher. Like, wow, so creative. Like, da 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 da. Like, they would show their classes the following couple of years. Like, oh, look what this one student did. Like, <laughs> yeah, back in the day, set the bar so high. Yeah. Right, right. So that's how it started. Um, and then about sophomore year of high school, like, I became really, really depressed, and that was just because of partially being on lockdown, partially like. Um, having this identity crisis about like, oh, like, do I fit in better with my guy friends or my girlfriends or like, where like I have, I had a lot of friends, um, but a lot of my friendships weren't deep. So I felt like kind of lonely a lot of the time. I hate that feeling. I, I yeah. actually have been kind of feeling that feeling recently here. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It's hard to make deep friends in college. It is. Everybody's really stuck in their computers. Yeah. I think personally. Yeah. I know I'm probably like just whining. I probably could put more effort into meeting people, but I do find like a social structure of being on your computer and not really socializing while you're in class. Yeah, it's kind of tough. It's yeah. kind of tough, 100%. Um, and but I don't mean to cut you like, off. I apologize. No, no, no. Because I think that was part of the thing that was um, kind of holding me back in high school as well. Um, maybe not. I mean, we didn't have computers. We had iPads, you know, Same thing. it's like yeah, a yeah. little thing. But um, but yeah, it was it was just kind of hard to connect on on different levels and I was I just considered myself to be such a dynamic person with a large range of interests, um, but most of the clicky friend groups like only had one interest, so I was like kind of bored with people as I kind of went on. Do you think you had a lot of different friend groups for that reason? Like you, yeah. you had lots of interests, so you kind of bounced around. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I also felt the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's a blessing and a curse because like mm-hmm. you can walk down like even. Like in high school, obviously, but even somewhere like USC, like I can walk to class or skate to class or however I'm getting there and guarantee you I will see at least three people I know every single time. Um, and that's not a normal thing, especially for some like a how many people are here, like 40,000 or something like that. Like no, that's a lot. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of people. So to like have something that common happen or that uncommon happen regularly um, speaks volumes to like the the ease that I have, or like maybe you might have of just making those connections, initial connections and like being a friendly face and, you know, um, connecting with people on that, on that level. But at the same time, it's kind of isolating because you're just like that 
hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Cool. Yeah. All right. See you around. Like that's, that's kind of the whole extent of your conversation. Um, and so it definitely gets kind of tough, definitely gets kind of tough. And so what I did was, um, when I was feeling like all these things, I just started writing them down and then it, it turned into like this whole project that I called underestimated. Um, and it was like 14 tracks that was like, oh, wow. um, dealing with loneliness, dealing with my friends problems. Cause I was also like a therapist for people. And so like whatever they were going through, like really messed me up as well. Cause I was like, ah, I wish like I could do something for mm -hmm. you, but like, I have no money. I'm still living in my parents' house. Like I can't get you out of the situation no matter how hard I try. I just don't have the means or the resources or whatever. Um, and that's kind of what kickstarted my my musical career. And I feel like everything I've do I do now um, still holds a little bit of that self reflection, um, like int not introverted. What am I, what, what, am I, uh, what am I looking for? In introspective. Introspective. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That introspective viewpoint on a lot of things because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to or aren't comfortable like dealing with themselves so even i'll make my my like surface level party tracks or whatever and like you know i just have fun but at the core of what i stand for like i just want to make the world feel uh whatever that is you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of that's kind of the journey that's how it kind of started and and uh, uh remains like a huge part of where it's at now i think that's beautiful at what point did you think that it was maybe time for you to invest into it you know invest your time invest your money and go to college for it um it was when I dropped that initial little mixtape. It was terrible. Like, I mean, I had bars for sure. Like, Don't slay yourself short. I'm sure it was yeah, fine. No, yeah, no, like the lyricism was there, but like I knew nothing about recording, nothing about mixing, nothing You did everything independently? Everything was independently. Oh, besides wow, like wow. YouTube type beats, you know what okay, I'm saying? Okay, sure, but yeah. Like, um, but yeah, so it was, it was mixed very, very poorly. Um, but anyway, like when I dropped it... Um, like everyone was kind of confused because they're like, "Whoa, you're like super sad. That's this is really weird for you, whatever." Like, oh, wow. but I wasn't even thinking about that. I yeah. was thinking like, I was able to figure out what was going on with me. I was able to put it down like um, tangibly on a piece of paper and then record it, so it lives and breathes with me. It, it was like a voice that I could talk to when I had no one else to talk to, and when I dropped it, I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders like I felt like everything that I had been feeling was just like gone with the with the click of like upload you know what I'm saying like yeah and I had control over that like it wasn't like oh did you hear like so-and-so like you know he's going through a hard time da, 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 da. that I felt like there was a lot of power in having me tell my own story no matter how sad it was mm. um because I was in control of like what other the narrative people, you know what I'm saying yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah because I mean everything gets out eventually you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying Especially in high school. Especially in high school. People love to talk. People love to talk. Um, but having the, the power to, you know, say what's going on myself and then release it and then tell people what's going on, whether they want to hear it or not, like, I controlled what people knew about me, which was kind of, like, powerful in a way as well. I find that super cool. I think that's part of why I started the podcast. I think it's a really neat way to present, uh, like, your own story. Everybody has an individual story, right? Mm -hmm. I think for you to do that in high school is really fucking smart honestly like uh that's what it is i don't know anybody that was putting out projects like that and if they were it was exactly what you were saying that like upbeat party music right yeah. like for clout and because it's kind of easily achievable and they didn't have to express themselves right um, right have you had a lot of success expressing yourself in college or do you think it kind of fell off when you moved away i think it's 
like everything, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of twofold because I feel like once you get to college, high school is just like this beast of an adventure where everyone kind of knows what they want to be or who they want to be but is so scared to break out of their shell and like do it um and then once you get to college like it's kind of like a reset a fresh start you can kind of do whatever you want to completely um which kind of open people up to like more of that introspective sound um but at the same time you know especially being in rap i feel like if it was if i was more of like a like an alternative rock kind of act or like more of a singer songwriter kind of act like it definitely you could just do that and have it take off. And it was like, wow, or like even R and B, like, wow, like, ooh, this is great, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But there's kinda like this this inherent bias with hip hop because like the history behind it has always been I mean, it started with like kind of struggle or whatever, but then within the last 10, 15 years it's been very braggadocious. It's been very like, Oh, look at me, look what I got. Um, I'm kinda cool, like I'm that guy, whatever. So then when you bring something into the mix where it's like yeah, like I'm having trouble like finding out who I am and I feel out of place all the time and you know I'm I'm uh you know exploring these these different aspects of myself and trying to figure out like who who I am. Like when I look in the mirror like is that the person I want to see? That's not something that's normalized in hip hop. Um so it's something that takes a little getting used to. Do you see a rise or an increase in like emotionally provocative rap music now? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I um, think it's cool. Like a lot of live instrumentation is going on now yeah. with rap, like guitar, like Roddy Rich, he has mm-hmm. got a lot of like feeling and and like structure to his music. Do you right. do you like that kind of stuff? I do like that kind of stuff. Um I like the kind of thing that's what's a good example? I mean, I like a lot of stuff that's kind of boom bappy, trappy, whatever. Sure. But with those live instruments as well. So like I I can't think of like an example off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. like Whenever Kendrick Lamar does live, you know what I'm saying? Like he he flips his instrumentals and he has like the live guitar and yeah. then you hear like the live drum sound, and you're like and like you feel all that. Like that's that's something that I think is a very beautiful thing. And something that's kind of hard to achieve. But um when when someone gets it right, it's it's so hard to like compare it to anything else. Sure. Especially when you have the 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 marriage of that kind of sound with some like intense poetic way of writing lyrics like bringing both of those two together is just that's like that's the ideal i completely agree have you found people at usc that have been able to help you grow or that you've been able to work with that Uh, have like developed you yeah yeah. um i'm still working on the instrumental production side but Mm -hmm. as far as like being uh, a songwriter or like someone who raps and things like that uh i've definitely been um been been kind of helped out and pushed by a lot of the people I met here um, in terms of just like perspective, in terms of technique, in terms of uh, content, just like content. being a more well-rounded person. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. because even though I started with the introspective path and like self analysis, whatever people like it, but that's not, it can't be the only thing in your catalog. You know what I'm saying? Like you Definitely. have to have different things, different topics, different subjects you're, you're tackling and, and um, I think being around other minds and seeing like what they default to, it helps broaden your own horizons. Um, so that's why collaboration is like super key, obviously. But I completely agree. I think there's like a massive benefit in collaboration. I mean, you can see an artist completely change style if they mm-hmm. collaborate with the right person. And it can be a huge plus for them. 100%.
Um, to make a sort of relevant but sort of hard pivot, sure. you touched on how race played an important like part yeah. of you growing up. Has race affected your music at all? Um, like perhaps in the attention you've been receiving or the alleys that you're taking or things like that. Yeah. Um, I think or like what you write about even. Yeah, yeah, what I write about and just like my subject matter. I think also just the way that race plays into the the neighborhood that I was growing up in. It was like, you know, kind of comfy middle class. Um but like that's not an upbringing that a lot of people currently in hip hop have had or if they have had it they don't like necessarily talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um sometimes there's like a little disconnect and I, f- I feel like there was a huge disconnect with me when I was like when I got past my top 40 stage and I was like wow like look at all these people um they were great and like I love listening to it but like I couldn't relate to a lot of it um but the people I could relate to were like like the Gambinos Childish Gambinos or like the Jaden Smiths or like you know people like that who had kind of a different perspective um and they they had kind of that you know self-analysis kind of thing going on for their music and something that was a little left of center and not just like run-of-the-mill hip-hop um so i think the numbers of people who kind of who kind of play with that space are definitely growing year by year but it's still something that's a little hard to tap into and hard to find collaborators in what space kind of like kind of like the uh lyricist but not coming from like a difficult position. I see. I see. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, I understand. They aren't talking about street. That's what you're saying. Jayden? That aren't talking about yeah, street. Yeah, that okay. aren't talking about like, because because I think just to be super general, like yeah, speak your mind, bro. Um, you got opinions? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Super general. Um, some of the biggest topics in in hip hop, rap, like mainstream, um, the sound. It's it's a lot of things about money. A lot of things about um, women or like your access to them. Mm-hmm. A lot of things about material um, items, um, drugs and alcohol and partying and things like that. I have yet to find an alcohol that I enjoy. Um, <laughs> I've never funny. been drunk just because like I can't uh, get enough of it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've only tried like smoking weed like once and it just it just didn't do anything for me. Just felt like I pulled an all nighter. So I was like, OK, well, this this was kind of like whatever. Um, parties aren't really for me. I'm more of a kickback, potluck kind of guy, game night. So it's like everything that's kind of mainstream, I didn't necessarily relate to. Okay. Um, and then when I did find, you know, some artists that weren't talking about that and were talking about, you know, could have been anything, honestly, but something that I could just relate to more. Um, I was like, wow, I appreciate that. Like, I feel like my, my experience as a black man is validated by that. Do you think there's a lane for you to take right now? in the same lines of that as like talking about your experiences and relatability that you think will achieve you the goals that you hope to succeed in or that you hope to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there's a lane there. I think it's something that has to be very carefully curated. I think it's a tough lane. It's a tough lane. Mm-hmm. I think the way I'm trying to go about it um, moving forward is. Oh, sorry. No, it's all good. Um, I think the way that I'm going to try to like move in that space is basically have the lyrical content that I've come to like craft and and love and, and, you know, execute. Um, but then also have it kind of backed by these, not necessarily mainstream instrumentals, but, um, just production 
that can make anyone get into it. Okay. Regardless of hard like eight really, weights, right? Exactly. Yeah, hard yeah. eight weights or so hot right now. Or like the instru- like the live instruments that kind of complement oh, those yeah. as well. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So like because I feel like a lot of music today, you like the song based on the production. I feel like it doesn't matter what they say. Yeah. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's That's how you something say it. we talk about a lot in this house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So if I can kind of play the game mm-hmm. um and kind of grab people in with the production or or with like the overall sound mm. um so that you know <laughs> i always make this joke um with some of my people um i'm like i try to grab them with like the the head nod like okay mm-hmm. okay okay then they hear what they, <laughs> yeah. they hear what i'm saying then they're like oh okay yes ah, i completely okay. understand you know the vision, what i'm saying yeah, like hit yeah. them with the one too so i really like that yeah, that's the kind of way I'm trying to go about it moving forward. Um, I think that's really cool, bro. Have you uh, received a lot of recognition? I've seen that you've been doing a few shows here and there. Mm-hmm. What has your like live experience been like? I love performing live. I um, kind of figured. Have you learned anything from doing some live performances that have impacted like maybe your vision as an artist? Yeah, live is hard. Mm-hmm. Live is really hard, um, especially when you come from a place of like, like I do where it's like oh what are people thinking of me like I'm not the the normal um version of me that you might think I am or something like that like I may not live up to your perception of what I could possibly be I don't really um, understand what do you mean by that like if I walk up on stage and like hey I'm a rapper um most people are gonna be like oh okay like they're, they're locked into a certain mindset they're like okay I'm gonna have fun like I'm gonna nod along like it's gonna be a party or whatever whatever and then okay. if I hit them with like some low key, like depressing or whatever, they're kind of like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. So when I first started doing stuff like that, it was really uncomfortable for me because being vulnerable obviously is like uncomfortable, but mm. being vulnerable on a stage and having everyone specifically looking at you being vulnerable is always hard to be in, um, which kind of led to me being like super awkward on stage. Like, okay, like I'm gonna do this next song. It's really sad, but like, don't judge me for it. Like, let's just do it. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like buffering and, and and stalling and things like that. Versus nowadays, um, if I have to do something like that, I just get straight into it. Like facial expressions, locked down. Like da da da. I'm moving around, whatever. I'm engaging the crowd, and I know that it could be like super sad and depressing, or I know it could be super fun. But regardless, like I know that they're there to see me, or if they're not there to see me, they're they're watching me on stage. Mm-hmm. And so it's my responsibility as an artist to put on a performance. Yeah, they're there to be entertained. They're there to be entertained. Be yep. mm-hmm. um, and they don't care what you're doing. That's also something I've learned. Like, mm-hmm. you can be the most random, out-of-pocket, left-to-center act. Like, you could rap about, um, you know, anime and <laughs> and selling, like, ketamine. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, that could be your whole vibe. <laughs> and no one would care because you're an artist. Yeah. That's and absolutely you, true. If you embody it and you like give them that package and show confidence and show confidence mm-hmm. behind it, then mm-hmm. like they don't care. Definitely. So finding that confidence within myself in my performance definitely is something that took some work. But once I got that down and realized that it it's mostly just in my head, then it got a lot easier. And I love performing. I love going out. I, I think I've had have had slash will be having um, about six shows. Um, throughout March alone, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. So it's just like that's awesome. Just off to the races, running out and just doing the thing and connecting with those people, talking with them afterwards, and just forming those connections. You seem really personable, so I don't think you'll have any problem like building a fan base. I do think that 
the hardest thing about putting on shows today right now is like bringing people out. Do you yeah. do you have any marketing schemes that you pull or like what? Man. How have you been getting people to come to the shows? Um, I mean, I do my my regular social media blasts. Mm -hmm. Um, those hit and miss. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what it is. Um, if it's like a a little low key open mic, people really aren't gonna come out for it like that. Um, but if it's like something like I did back in November, I did this thing called the Rapture, which was like my own curated um hip-hop show on usc's campus where i had like six different acts you threw it yeah i threw it um and i said like to all the different performers that were there like get all of your homies we all have different pockets of usc we're tapped into like let's just get everyone in there and i text people individually uh because once you get the individual text you feel a little bit worse For about sure. not going yeah you know what of I'm course saying? um and just <laughs> put that pressure on literally put the pressure yeah, yeah. on yeah. even in conversations like the week of i would just be talking to people conversations are dying down like oh well you know i gotta head out but if you have a chance on uh on thursday or friday or whatever it was like i'm, I'm i did the show from scratch and i'm like i'm curating it and i'm having a good time i'll be performing a couple other people like if you have time stop by like definitely like whatever whatever so i think um one of the most effective ways is definitely just the one-on-one -on -one. it's time consuming but but it's definitely the most effective i agree definitely most effective yeah. and then getting concert footage of the events. Content, bro. Content. We live in content era. Content That era. is such a crucial thing you just said. Yes. Bro, you can have the worst event ever, but if you can get a good content video out of it, nobody will know and that's people right. will come next year. Exactly. Yeah, that's really And if you crucial. package it up together and, and put it online and be like, okay, I'm having another show with this visual of you like jumping on stage and then the crowd going nuts. It just, honestly, can't, it doesn't have to be your crowd. Like mm -hmm. it could be like something random, mm -hmm. but if it visually interests a potential like concert goer or fan you've done your job because they're agree. like oh i wonder what that is i wonder if i'm going to be missing out because fomo is a huge thing um that's a i think that plays a huge role in both live events and an artist's career i think yeah. we live in an era where if you're not uploading consistent content you are forgotten there's mm -hmm. too much going on yeah. for people to just remember everything that they saw once uh, is there anything else that you learned from throwing that show that helped you relate to other artists or maybe relate to music industry professionals as an artist? Because that's a pretty unique experience to be an artist that also throws a show. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole reason I did it was because on USC's campus, I felt like the rap community was the most disjointed. Um, that's interesting. Like, yeah, because the singer-songwriter community is tapped in, the EDM community is tapped in, like the the... Uh, alternative bands and the R&Bs, like they all know each other, they all support each other, they all put each other on. But for hip hop and rap, like I'm, I'm in Thornton. There's a couple other kids in Thornton. There's a kid in, you know, anthropology. There's someone who's an engineering major. There's someone who's in in the school of business. You know what I'm saying? So they're, we're all over, but we don't know each other like that. Same with the producers. The producers are kind of scattered, um, bedroom kind of producers or whatever, and Definitely. we're not all tapped in. So I was like, how can I do this in a way that is both productive um, and gets people to like network and and potentially like foster future collaborations? And so the way I was able to do that, because I was tired of not getting put on the shows, mm -hmm. I was tired of like not having that platform. Um, so I said, might as well just go out and do it myself. Um, and so I did, and Makes I brought people together. Sense. And in addition to promoting yourself through live shows, I have noticed you doing a lot of videos recently. Yeah. And you mentioned at the start of our conversation that you see yourself getting more into visual media in the future. Are yep. you helping direct and produce these videos that you're putting out? Yeah. So um, kind of the, what I'm doing now, it's it's a slow roll right now just because I'm so busy with school and like internships and jobs and, you know, finding out uh, what to do. Like it's a very busy um, time. But 
once things kind of settle down and I can really tap in, in an ideal world, what I'm doing is I'm always thinking of content. I'm always thinking of like, what can I be posting to socials? What can I put up on my, on my website? Um, what can I do to like keep people interested and engaged? Because content is king. But at the same time, it has to be good content. Of like, course. you can't just keep posting, like, the same selfie over and over again. People are going to get tired of that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you got to find That's something right. new. Or if it is going to be a series, it's got to be, like, a series that people are going to want to see again. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, like there was a, there's always a trend of, like, people sitting in their cars and rapping and things like that. True. Um, so, like, that's something that people want to see. Like, they want to see you, like, showing off like your your pen game like they want to see like maybe freestyle or whatever but also i'm thinking like how can i make this more interesting mm -hmm. and I, that's the question i ask with every creative like endeavor i go on like if i have a live performance how can i make this more interesting i brought someone out with a, with a, a horse mask to like introduce me later on you know my shirt came off and the horse mask <laughs> was like oiling my body and, and you know <laughs> like just out of pocket things so yes. it's always like what can you do to create a memory what's gonna say to, like, it's super memorable that's what i'm saying mm -hmm. so so it's always like how can i make this more interesting and then when it comes back to content um if you're sitting in a car doing your little rap like everyone's doing how can i make this more interesting is it a different car i'm sitting in every single time um to like tie in people who are interested in cars okay. is it um something is it uh beats that are instrumentals of songs that are hot that people are like dming me like saying, oh you should do this one next you should do this one next so people have a reason to come back to your page like what are you gonna do to get people back to you and keep people wanting more yeah the retention rate retention rate yeah i agree uh, when did you start th realizing that you were more interested in the visual media? When did it expand past music? Um, there were two critical points, and they were both albums. Uh, one mm. was Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City, and one was Because the Internet by Childish Gambino. Huh. Um, that was one of the first, because I'm an album guy. Like I, When it's an album by someone who I know like puts together a concept, I, as soon as it drops, I shut the doors, I lock them, I put on my headphones, I, I pull up the genius lyrics, and then I just like, yeah. for the hour and a half or however long it is, I'm just in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to know the story. And I, I really got into that from Good Kid, Mad City, because as that album was kind of unfolding, the way that he put it together, um, I could like picture a movie. Like, I could picture a, a live movie going on completely narrated by the album, like, like what Beyonce did with Lemonade. I had that idea like five years before she even did that. I don't even know what you're referring to. Lemonade? Okay, basically Beyonce had this visual album that she released um, called Lemonade. And it was basically just the album playing. Um, and it was just a bunch of clips of her like shot like a movie. Like a oh, wow. 48, like 60 minute, whatever, how long it is. It. Music we kind of video. talked about this in class today. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At the very start of class we talked about this. Exactly. In terms of coronavirus and the world changing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, we don't have to get into it. Right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that inspired you. That inspired me just listening to that album and like thinking, like, wow, like the possibilities for like where I can go with this are so crazy. Like, let me let me figure out how I can do that once I get there. Like, because this was back before I even released anything. So like, once I get there, like, how can I, um, how can I develop something like this? Um, so that's why I wanted to start directing my own music videos. Um, and eventually, you know, put together a, a visual album like that. And then because the internet was crazy too, because he took a little bit different approach to that concept. Um, he, first of all, he has the album out. Um, he releases a screenplay um, because Donald Glover slash Gambino was like a, a screenwriter, movie writer, TV guy as he's well. He's everything. He's everything. Yeah, he's crazy. He, he's my ultimate inspiration. I feel um, that. 
but he had he he wrote up a screenplay and released it, and it tells you basically like, okay, play track one now. Stop it. Read the screenplay. Shut up. Play track two. Stop it. Read the screenplay and like or read this as the track is playing. You know what I'm saying? So like it creates the whole world for you. And then he released um, a short film with it called, um, oh, I forget what it's called right now, but it was like a 20 minute short film that went along with it and hinted at little Easter eggs that were like mentioned on the album or mentioned in the screenplay. Um, And then on top of that, he had like four or five music videos released um, for the songs on the album that were all tied into a story together. Dig into Because the Internet, like that, that is debatably one of the greatest pieces of Hip hop, rap, R and B artwork in the last like fifty years. I think that is a hot take. It, it is a hot that take, a hot but take. I stand behind it hundred <laughs> okay. percent. Because who else is doing that? Like yeah. who else? People probably made albums and like had music videos that tied together. But who else put a short film with it? Who else put a, a screenplay with it? Who else put like this whole rollout together that ties so perfectly and intricately together? Like you had to really, really think this out. It's definitely super original. Do you think there's more value in being original and out of the box or more value in being what's mainstream and what you think will get you plays? That's a tough question. I ask myself that every day. Mm-hmm. It depends ultimately on what kind of artist you want to be. If you want to be a chart topper, if you want to be a radio hit person, like if you want to be a major label system, if you want to do all that, then it makes no sense for you to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because people just want to hear the content and bop along with it and whatever. Um but if you want to be someone who has such a hardcore fan base and like someone who wants to have like this group of people rally behind their every move, um, which is something that, you know, Top Dog Entertainment's been able to do, Dreamville's been able to do, um, a lot of these more uh, independent labels, I guess you can say, but like their return on investment is huge because everyone is such a diehard fan. As soon as they drop merch, sold out immediately. As soon mm. as they drop a new song, like even a tweet, Kendrick Lamar tweeted today, like about a new project that he's launching um, with Baby Keem. Oh, I heard about this. You heard about that? Yeah. Literally, as I have his tweet notifications on, it came down, I tapped it immediately, and it already had like a thousand likes and like half a, uh, half a thousand retweets wow. within seconds. Because people are waiting on it. People want to see what the next thing you're going to do is. And they will rally behind anything. I think people fall in love with the artist, not the music, right? Exactly. So I think when you come out as this guy who just puts radio hits or, you know, guy or gal, Mm -hmm. people start to get attached to, like, the singles. Yeah. And then your single may have longevity, but you as an artist will not have longevity. Exactly. And then you don't sell merch, and then your career kind of falls off. Mm -hmm. Do you think that taking classes at USC has given you a unique perspective or an upper hand uh, in terms of working with artists or in terms of being an artist? Because I think that most artists today have no like uh, proper quote-unquote education in the industry, right? But I also don't know, you know, what the return really is on the studies, you know, and how it helps an artist be an artist. Yeah, I don't want to sound dramatic. Mm-hmm. I appreciate if you do. <laughs> I feel like this school has taught me nothing. Oh, wow, wow. It, I, and I say that with a grain of salt mm-hmm. because they, I definitely knew zero coming in. Like I, knew no, I didn't even know music industry like existed. I didn't know there was a whole corporate or multiple corporations behind. And how many levels exactly. And how many levels yeah. until like three months before I even came here. So uh, I'm not going to sound short like that, but... 
I definitely feel like the things that I was able to learn in class were either through like Passman's book, like everything you need to know about the music industry. He just released edition 10. I got the audio oh, he did? book. Yeah. Oh, I'm at the edition cop 10 is um, the most amount of changes from the previous edition since like, since ever. Because they talk about streaming and stuff now yeah, too, Yeah, exactly. Huh? Which like, they didn't have in the last this one. This is all new. Yeah, he talks about all types of crazy stuff. Yeah, I definitely I recommend. I got that. the audio book. It's hella long. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of new stuff to cover. Just skip the publishing shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to touch that. Um, um, but yeah, definitely like all the stuff that I've learned through these programs definitely was cool. Like it gave me like a good foundation. Um, I probably could have found most of it online um, or like through books and things like that. I feel like something that I've always struggled with since I've been here was that none of the professors talk about, mention, or teach about anything regarding hip-hop or rap. It's all very band-focused. Oh. It's all very, um, like, singer-songwriter-focused. They never... And if they do, they'll, like, name-drop someone once in a while. But all the examples, all the assignments, all the all the projects that you're assigned... Nine times out of ten, I'ma say ninety-five times out of a hundred, it's not someone who exists within the hip hop sphere. And I'm not gonna blame anyone for that, because if I'm looking around at the music industry classes, um, or like like the the general interest of people in those classes, those are the interests that people are mostly like involved in. Like they wanna know about pop, they wanna know about singer songwriter, they wanna know about EDM. Like that's that's what they wanna know about. Um, and I, at least I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm one of the only people in the program who wants to just fully commit to like hip hop and rap. Um, I don't think that's actually that far fetched of something for you to say. Yeah. It's just something that I've noticed. And I think part of the reason why is that, um, rap has always been something that's been very grassroots, something that's been like, you just, it's, it's so authentic there's not really much you could, st or when it originally started, there wasn't like much you could study. You know what I'm saying? Like for most of the other genres, people went to like music school for it or like their the business behind a pop song or whatever goes back a lot further than it does for hip hop. So I think it it's not as fully ingrained in the music industry yet. And I feel like a lot of the people who are going into music industry positions, like the actual business side, um, the people who are interested in, in hip hop and rap, they are just going out and doing it. They're not going to school for it. You know what I'm saying? Like they just oh. kind of like, they figure out who the people around them who are like the trendsetters and go-getters, they find those people, they bring them onto a team and they figure it out together. And then eventually they get into the industry. And I feel like it's one of the only genres that has that kind of trajectory, um, versus most other genres. Like it's, it's much more of a oh what do i like who what are the artists that i want to like um represent and then talk to people within the industry you know what i'm saying like it's it's one of those things where you get into the industry and then you find the artist versus i feel like hip-hop is more of like you find the artist and the talent and then you get into the industry collectively that's interesting i think that's fair i think that's true i also wonder i was going to accuse our uh, professors of being kind of older and, and as hip hop is a newer thing that's reaching success like 
pretty much exactly what you're saying. There's not a whole lot of people in the hip hop community that have been successful for a long enough time to come back and share that knowledge because yeah. they're still learning themselves. Hip hop is still really new. That's interesting that you say that. I also wonder if it has to do with the culture of our classes. Yeah. Like you mentioned San Jose is a primarily white and Asian like area. I also think USC is like Same very, thing. yeah, white and Asian. And I don't know if there's a whole lot of like hip hop appreciation amongst even the our peers. Right. Which you kind of said. You said there's not a whole lot of people pursuing it as a career, at least that's for sure. They'll like listen to it. Like they'll yeah. listen to the box over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> dude, it's they, fine. It's and a the kid did renegade in class the other he day. He did. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Um, that's so funny. Uh I uh I ask you again a question that's semi-related, semi a hard turn, but you've had two on-campus jobs, I noticed. You were a tour guide and you worked at the library briefly. What was your experience like being in USC in that manner? What did you what did you think about the populace? Because I have my own thoughts and yeah. I haven't done a whole lot of, you know, uh research, but you've been around for a few more years than me. What, what do you think about it? And also, that's a way more intimate position, you know, like you're engaging with people all the time. Sure. I have had more than two jobs. I've had so many jobs on campus. On, on campus. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I've had, so the first day, like move in, when I was here for orientation, I was already like on the hunt. I was like, okay, where can I, where can I find a job? Sure. Um, so day one, I was Gotta working at the bookstore. Money. I had to get that money because yeah, yeah. I, I hate asking my parents for money. Dude, same. Because tuition is already so expensive in itself. I was mm-hmm. like, if I could do anything to like, take away that financial burden from you, I will. Mm. But yeah, I worked at the bookstore for a semester. I worked um, as a tour guide. I worked as an orientation advisor. And then the next summer came back as an orientation coordinator. Oh, wow. Um, I worked, I don't know if you count as a job or not, but like as a spirit leader. Like that's when cool. I was what is that? Doing, that's, um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> when you go to athletic events, there are people dressed in red with okay. white cones. And oh, yeah, they're yeah. leading cheers and doing flips and tumbles and things like that. That's more of a club than a job. But they paid. They pay? It was like a small stipend. Yeah, yeah, I understand. That's I'm surprised you get any money for that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did that. Um, I worked at the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I was yeah. really I was really out there. But I think the most enjoyable ones for me were um tour guide and orientation because it was a lot of that interaction um with people coming in. Um I'm not gonna toot my own horn or anything, but people <laughs> you people loved me as a tour guide. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh my <laughs> goodness, they, they couldn't get enough because <laughs> because here's the thing, um, I basically the way they train you to be a tour guide, they're like, here are all these facts about these schools. Here are you know the the enrollment numbers, the average GPA, like da 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 da, whatever, whatever, whatever. You need to know all this information. So I studied the information. Then they're like, okay, you need to present this information to the people as you're on tour. Um, but I think most of the people who who got hired for tour guide positions are very like kind of type A and like very just like, okay, this is the thing. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Mm. I'm a very relaxed type B kind of guy. Mm. So I kind of go about it like, all right, y'all, how you doing today? Cool. So, I mean, we're going to take around USC today. Like, I'm going to show you some highlights. I'm going to show you some lowlights, but we're going to have a good time. Like, who's ready? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I think you'd be a super fun tour guide. Super fun tour guide. I would rap at the beginning of my tours. Oh, style. That's so good. I would. Uh, What is, I said, all right, today we're going to do a lot of walking before, I don't even know what I said, but like I had like a little, a little 30 second rap to like introduce myself. 
I said, heads or tails, a volunteer, please. Heads, we go this way. Tails, we go this way. Called in the air. Like, it was very interactive. Definitely. Um, Damn, okay. You know, so I loved I loved interacting with people. You've been bringing that engagement from your music life into just your regular life for a while. Just That's pretty cool all to over hear. the place. Yeah, Wherever like I'm that. around, it's, it's good vibes. Keep people engaged. Vibes. That's the artist in you. That's the artist in me. So, um, so what did you... What did you pick up about USC as a whole from that experience? Because I personally, I'll go as far as this. I see a massive professional network at USC. Correct. It's probably the thing at USC that people talk about the most. The like, most attractive. Yeah, it's like the thing. It's like, oh, you can meet people in all these industries and they're going to be rich. Or no, they're going to be successful rather. Yeah. So you can connect with them, right? I don't see a huge social network. The only place no. I see it is Greek life. And I think you touched on it briefly with the fact that there's different rappers. That's a huge thing that you have in common with these people and you aren't really able to engage with them mm -hmm. because of this like lack of social network. And I myself, like, and we both mentioned this before, well, I mean, you at a different time in life, but me personally right now, I'm having trouble really breaking down boundaries and creating like close friendships. Mm -hmm. So what did you experience about the social life of USC? Um, I feel like at USC, like I definitely know a lot of people now but it's only because i held like the five or six jobs i did and i was in the eight or nine clubs i was in like just because i was in the room um with certain people and just because of like the usually pretty outgoing um like personality that i have For like sure. i just i love talking to people um i mean i engage and initiate that conversation but as soon as we like happen to sit in the chair next to each other and someone does something funny in the front of the room and be like, oh, like, what was that? Ha, ha, ha. And then it's off to the races. Like, once I have that initial comment, it's over. You're going to be my friend. I completely agree. I, you know what I'm It's saying? like circumstantial encounters or something. Yeah. Or, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as, I think it's just like, the reason I've had so much success with just social encounters was just because I happen to be in all these different pockets of the SE community and I happen to say the right thing at the right time or I happen to sit next to the right person at the right time. And then um, after class or after that club or whatever, you want to grab food? Like, let's go grab food or something or whatever. Continue our conversation. Um, and then maybe we, like, link up with some of their friends on the way to food or something like that. And then, like, I do my little saucy Josh thing. And then, you know what I'm saying? Then, <laughs> yeah, boom, I now I expand the network. So um, I think that's what initially gets a lot of the people. But I feel like that's also something that is not – not super easy for people to do um nor is it like like i i could i can't name a lot of people on campus who have had five jobs at usc who have had nine clubs and organizations they've been a part of on top of classes and whatever whatever um, i would agree so unless you're like actually not necessarily making an effort but like if you're just putting yourself in a position where you're being exposed to new people all the time it's definitely easy to make that social network but at the same time, like if you get into a certain house in Greek life or you just get in your in your little pocket of your major, it's very easy not to meet anyone else because like those are the only people you really need to see. It becomes very easy to be become pretty clicky. Exactly. I agree. Exactly. You seem very wise. I appreciate all the things that you've been <sighs> you saying. Know. Is there anything coming into this new decade that you're really uh I don't know the right expression I'm looking for, that you're really putting on your sleeve, that you're really conscious of? So for me personally, I didn't have any like uh, New Year's resolutions this year I found. Instead, I came up with like terms that I've been thinking a lot about or words. So I've been really living by the words of like legacy, okay. trying to leave a really strong positive message behind. I've also been thinking really hard about permanency hmm. and thinking about like 
what can literally be made permanent. You know, I think impressions can be made permanent. I think like things online can be made permanent. So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are there any words of wisdom that you've been trying to really focus on for the next year or decade even? Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of being in touch with yourself um, or encouraging people to like be more in touch with themselves. So whenever I have a conversation with somebody, not whenever, but like most times when I have conversations, if they feel like they're comfortable with it, I open up the floor for like them to unpack like, Oh, how's your day? It's good. Like, okay, but like, how really was your day? Uh, so like, definitely uh, one of the things uh, moving, or I guess one of the things I'm still championing to this day, but um, really encouraging people to do is like, just being more open and honest with their conversations and, and, and kind of breaking down some of those barriers they have with other people. Obviously, not everyone's as open as I am. Um, but finding those people that you can be open around um, and keeping them close. Um uh what's that something else i want to personally be better at managing my time and Mm. better at saying no to things Mm. because being a people person and a people pleaser it's very hard for me to like let people down even if i'm not letting them down you know i'm saying like it just gets in my head like oh if they want to hang out but i know i'm busy i still can't say no because like they're gonna be sad you know what i'm saying so like trying to trying to put myself first a little more frequently um, it's really important. Being a little I more think selfish. now is the time to be selfish. hundred percent. I think young twenties is like, this is the only time where you can be like, no, I'm actually going to do only what makes me feel good. Right. Which is, right. It, this is the time to know what makes you feel good. I think it's of totally course. worth it. Of course. So that's something I'm definitely bringing in as well. Those are crucial. Um, moving forward in your artist career, do you have anything this year coming up worth mentioning? <sighs> what can we expect from Clarence the Kid this year? And it's always going to be a question mark with me. Um, but this is going to be a big year. Um, I hope so, bro. I think it will be for you, too. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. I haven't been able to really release any music for the last, like, year and a half, two years. Um, Post what? First, it was just, like, because the last full project I dropped was May 2017. Okay. Um, and then I dropped a, a handful of singles the first couple months of, of 2018. But after that, it's just been kind of quiet. Um, part of the reason was I just kind of took a step away for a little bit. Um, I don't know why. I was just kind of like, I, th- I think it was just because I got discouraged a little bit as mm-hmm. well because I felt like it was too overwhelming for me. I'm someone who wears all the hats. Or now I don't, but I used to wear all the hats in my career. So like as far as, you know, obviously writing and, and, you know, doing the whole music thing, but I'd also like be doing the videos and editing videos and making my own website and doing my own management things and booking my own shows and booking my own photo shoots and things Mm. like that. So it was Mm. like a lot for me to handle. Um, So that's part of the reason why there was a a slight pause. And then right when I was about to get back into it, um, which was uh, last semester, about six, seven, eight months ago, um, coming out of the summer, I was about to get into it, and then I was on my way back from my internship on the Metro, and a, a Red Bull exploded in my backpack and got all into my laptop. What? Um, so I didn't have a laptop for, like, all of last semester, basically, because they were trying to recover the files, but they couldn't do it, and so they had to send it to, like, some other place, and I had to, like, pay $500 them to extract the files, and everything Did you get like them that. back? I got, I got most of them back. Holy fuck, that's crazy. I got you most got of them back. back. So that was a blessing, but put me in a huge financial hole obviously um and so i couldn't like 
book studio sessions or like I couldn't necessarily pay people to to produce or something like that. And I'm someone who feels really guilty, even when someone's like, oh, I'll do it for free or whatever. Like, it just makes me feel weird. There's um, nothing wrong with giving away food and drink, I've learned. Because mm. I feel you. I'm the same. Everyone who puts in any effort deserves to be compensated for that effort. Right. I feel completely the same. But I do think that at the age that we're at, it's hard. instead of asking, no, no, no. Instead of asking people, you know, what can I pay you? Just pull up with some snacks. Pull up mm. with... Pull up with a bottle of wine. You don't drink, but you can still pull up with a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've learned that that's really, people, that goes a long way. Really? That almost can go farther than bringing money. All right. Um, I learned that from a professor. I can't remember who it is, so I can't give him the credit. But um, I think it was Papa G, uh, Gutierrez. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really stand by that. People just appreciate the thought. All right. I'm going to have to start doing yeah, that. Yeah, consider that. But yeah, it was just a financial thing for a little bit. And then I got my laptop back um, in January, but now I have school and, and two internships. And so I'm basically doing, I'm working basically like 45 or 50 hours a week on top of school, wow. and on top of music career. So it's just super hectic, but wow. that's kind of where the, the gap has been. And I think with, with especially the art that you're making, which you said, you know, you put a lot of time into and you yeah. want to really mean something and have like a clear, concise, uh, uh, image to it, directory, like vision, mm -hmm. uh, that takes a lot of time. And it also takes like a really clear mindset. Yeah. You have to really have time for that. So if you don't have time for that, you know, you wait for the right moment. I feel wait that. Wait for the right moment. But I think things are looking good now. I have That's two so managers exciting. now. Shout out Mitchell and Shamara. Shout out. Um, they're killing the game. And they're definitely a blessing because now I don't have to do everything by myself. Like I don't have to be like, okay, now it's time to like write some lyrics. Okay, wait, but now I got to do like a marketing plan and like schedule my post. Wait, but now I have to like book these. Like I could, I could kind of help delegate and we could all, you know, we all have our respective talents and things like that. Um, so there's definitely going to be a lot of visual content coming soon. Oh, hell yeah. Um, we love that. Like a couple music videos, but just like Instagram things or like YouTube videos, just like things like that. Um, any I, visual content is so good. Visual, con I love visual content. Yeah, it's so good. Because also, I'm, I'm a cute guy. Like I, I agree, bro. You and know, you got so a good like, vision for what you're like putting together. All I'm saying, I, I think it's a really good idea. All yeah. I'm saying, definitely. so that's definitely happening. Um, merch probably coming by May or so. Like we got a couple designs that we're, we're, we're feeling out, but fire. That's something to look forward to. Collab album, um, with one of my producer friends, um. I'm not gonna name drop her yet, but she's uh she's killing the game. Um Sweet. little EP. And then I have like three full albums that have all been written um and are basically ready to go. I just have to like record them and stuff like that. But mm. those will be rolling out eventually as well. So booked and busy, shows always yeah, you said, started off saying like nothing, but that doesn't sound like nothing. Well now like now <laughs> now I can like start to roll things out, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Definitely. So, so yeah. And it's always good to have like a plan. To. Yeah. Would you want to record a freestyle real quick before you go? I'm down. Let's do it. Okay, bet. I'd absolutely love that. Chey. Chey. CTK. Look. Where were you when I was sleeping on couches, trying to find beef through a bouncy? Look, had no money in my pockets, bank account under a thousand. Ain't nobody really care for me. High school ain't care for me. Got day ones that dead to me, but I bet that'll change with more money, with more cash, come more honeys and more people trying to run from me. Evils, demons, vice and monster, heathen screaming, Jesus, pieces hanging off me. Cops are teething, can't I'm barking when I'm walking? Step out the whip in the parking lot. I'm young and I'm black and I talk a lot. Acting out on my own Farrakhan. I bet they all want me dead and gone, but you can't kill up an echelon. Excellent looking, I'm cooking up tarragon, steady been making that parmesan, uh. 
Money longer, I am stronger than Gorilla Glue. Who is you? I am a miracle. Chop up the beat like a center, do cut it up like an umbilical. Uh, might take a hit or two and pass a sick call. All of my hummus look cynical. Uh, put it in park, my stereos knock. I wanna play all of my hits for you. I cover a dog, I'm riding the block while riding around in my bicycle. Another black male making music sales. Now, isn't this stereotypical? I am invincible, Mario Star. Talk to a dime in the back of a bar. Give her a grin and I'm still in the heart. One conversation and she know I'm fucking awesome. I'm a blossom into a mogul. Told you, I'ma expose you. All of you rapping like water on has beans. I'ma just walk you tofu. Uh, pull up at Nobu, shop like it's Whole Foods. Look at the menu like I am hungry. Been trying to eat for a minute, so where to give me what you got? I order everything money can buy. Pay the bill and leave a tip on the side. That's what I'm trying to be, but I ain't got it yet. So I guess I'm going hungry tonight. Sheesh. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. Shout out the Instagram. Shout out the Spotify. Yeah. Shout out the album. Yeah, everything is super easy. I try to keep things super concise. It's just at Clarence the Kid, C L A R E N C E T H E K I D. You already know. Um, ClarenceTheKid.com is the website. And uh, if you, I don't know, do people still email each other? If you want to email they do. me, yeah. info at ClarenceTheKid.com. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Something I've actually seen real quick. A lot of yeah. artists now are doing this thing where they'll get like a phone number. Yeah, that you I have can reach seen them that. At. It's like yeah. a separate phone number. I've seen that from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's very smart. I actually really like it. Uh, we got to come up with new ways to keep people engaged. Right. And that's a really good one in my There's, opinion. Uh, I don't know if you know who Ryan Leslie is, but he's the guy that first like kind of did that. And basically know. what you do is like you you have them text this number and it's the same sort of program that, you know, change.org uses or like or, or the uh, political parties use. Like your number is just in a database. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. And so like you can still text it and depending on wh whoever it is, like they can respond or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, it, whenever you have a new video or something like that, you could post on Instagram, you could tweet it out, whatever. But what's more likely to get clicked on, like a random tweet or and a random Instagram personable, a text or message. something in your text message, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. That says like, hey, blank. And like the algorithm says like exactly who's getting sent to or whatever. Yep. So it's like, sounds more personal, feels more personal. Da, 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 da. You get like agree. exclusive benefits. So no, I completely agree. I have to look into it. Um, and stay tuned to the end of the episode. We're going to play a Clarence the Kid track at the end. Oh. So everybody check that out. Yeah, we are. Um, if you made it all the way to the end, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you. I love you. Mad love. Um, Clarence, thanks for coming on, bro. It's been for having an amazing me. episode. I actually really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, this is cool. Had. This yeah. is cool. Thank you, bro. Um, so everybody, uh, talk to you next week. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah. Hey, man, be quiet. Shh. Uh, this what I want Give me that bottle of Henny or song I'm lit like a blunt Give me that model, my number or song And tell her what's up Give me that, give me that, whoa Give me that dough, that's what I want Look, give me that, give me that, uh, yeah This what I want Give me that bottle of Henny or song I'm lit like a blunt Give me that model, my number or song And tell her what's up Give me that, give me that, whoa Give me that dough, that's what I want Look, give me that, give me that Mr. Young Stunner, shot collar I'ma go get it and split I never get caught up I might just, I might get lit like big Ay, dab down proper I might just, I might go Round up the round, ay, like a revolver, bitch, I'm a monster, yeah. Gang in this building, all my niggas pulling up. Blake Drake, in my feelings, all the ladies going up. First place in my city, no, I'm never running up. People hating in the DMs, I don't really give a fuck, look. Ay, 
This what I want. Yeah. Give me that bottle of Henny or son. I'm lit like a blunt. Yeah. Give me that mind on my number or son. Hey, tell her what's up. Woo. Give me that, give me that, whoa. Give me that dough. That's what I want. Look, give me that, give me that. Yeah, this what I want. Yeah. Give me that bottle of Henny or son. I'm lit like a blunt. Yeah. Give me that mind on my number or son. Hey, tell her what's up. Yeah. Give me that, give me that, whoa. Give me that dough. This what I want. Look, give me that, give me that. All in light, honest nigga, you know how it go. I've been pushing out my product. You can see that at my shows. I've been hustling with music. I still made the honor roll. If I'm truly being honest, I am godly. Look, I'ma get the guapamole, chasing the cash. Once I make the concert noisy, I'm doing the dash. Cruising 60 and a 40. I hope I don't crash. I just want a cop a rollie with diamonds attached. I'm living fast. Stop me. Yeah, this what I want. Give me that bottle of Henny and Son. I'm lit like a blunt. Give me that model, my number of Son. And tell her what's up. Give me that, give me that. Whoa, give me that dough. This what I want. Look, give me that, give me that. Yeah, this what I want. Give me that bottle of Henny and Son. I'm lit like a blunt. Give me that model, my number of Son. And tell her what's up. Give me that, give me that. Whoa, give me that dough. That's what I want. Look, give me that, give me that.